unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. All right, coming up on this week's episode, we're going to focus in on one of the great rivalries in college football. They call it America's Game. Army versus Navy has the college spotlight all to itself this Saturday. And we talk about that with Joe Miller of the Navy Radio Network. Joe, of course, is a frequent guest on my AAC show on the Nightline Sports Network whenever it comes to uh, discussing Navy football. So I decided I'm going to bring that interview over to this program uh, so that we could uh, focus in on the Army-Navy game. Joe is standing by in the virtual green room. He will join us momentarily. Quick note in college football, and I find this all very interesting. So Scott Satterfield, as uh, the new head coach at Cincinnati, replacing Luke Fickle, he, of course, uh, departs Louisville for that job. Uh, Satterfield was quite a bit under fire from the fan base there so it is somewhat of an intriguing call for the Bearcats to make that call to go to Satterfield but uh, nonetheless the great story here is that Cincinnati and Louisville are playing in the Fenway Bowl so Satterfield has said he will not coach either team in the bowl game so both will have interims at the helm but uh, you know it would have been kind of fun you know, both teams are on the same sideline in, in, in Fenway Park. You know, maybe Scott should have taken a crack at coaching both teams in that, kind of like you would do a spring game or something like that. Uh, so uh, that's a pretty interesting stuff. So Louisville had a vacancy, and they have called one of their own home. Of course, uh, Jeff Brom, who was a one-time Cardinal quarterback, has, is leaving Purdue to uh, go back to Louisville, now as their head coach. All right, time now to talk about America's Game. It's the annual Army-Navy Clash, and joining us to talk about that, we welcome back to the show Joe Miller of the Navy Radio Network. Joe, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, It's great to be here, Jeff. Great to talk about Army-Navy as well. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, Another round of this uh, great rivalry. Uh, Navy's going into the game at 4-7, and Army at 5-6. and Uh, so first, let's uh, get some of your initial thoughts of, about the uh, the Navy season uh, to date so far. Well, you know, I, I think you look at the season for the mids at this point. I mean, it's been a little bit up and down. Got off to a slow start this season. Um, you know, take uh, against Delaware that first game of the season. Uh, then Memphis started zero two. Got the big win against East Carolina. Then um, by the you know, the, the, I think the the season was a you know a couple different you know avenues to go down because at times the defense played so well for them this season it really was um uh, a tremendous accomplishment the way this team played at times defensively but offensively it was just a little bit inconsistent and then it looked like they you know they they had a big win over temple in overtime and then they had the gauntlet of uh at the time we were talking about cincinnati notre dame and ucf and they played in all three of those games, they played really well. Um, and I think that buoyed them and gave them some confidence. Obviously, um, the last of those three, they picked up the victory against UCF. But in all three of those games, I think they acquitted themselves well. And I think they're carrying in some positive momentum. Granted, uh, it's a weird sort of thing where you're you're off for three weeks before this game. Uh, but they've had time to rest. They've been time to... 
Uh, and that's very important at, the, at service academies. And they've had some time off to sort of figure things out. But I think like last year, um, they went into the game last season with a lot of confidence coming off a game against uh, Temple. I think there's even more confidence because of the three teams they played previous to this and obviously uh, picking up the victory against UCF, uh, which at the time obviously was the top 20 team in the country. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that was a tremendous win. The, the, the almost near come from behind against Notre Dame. Cincinnati was a, was a tight game for th- throughout that whole thing. So, yeah, they definitely hit their stride uh, going uh, into, into the end of the season. Now, as you look towards this, uh, this game with Army, Navy did uh, break a Army losing streak last season and now looking to make it two in a row. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's, 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 a, um, it's an interesting game always because the, the, you, you get sort of an early season t- taste because you play Air Force, and obviously the Service Academy games have been – if you look at the Air Force Army games, you look at the Navy Army games and vice versa, Navy Air Force, they're traditionally, at least in the recent history, been incredibly low-scoring games. I mean, um, you know, you look at the, the game that uh, Air Force uh, played against Army this season, you look at the Navy Air Force game, that was a 13-10 game and obviously a low-scoring game in the Army Air Force game as well. And so it's it's really one of those situations where you go into these games and you look at it and you, you sort of break down the game and try to figure out, you know, what what's going to what's going to factor in. And, and it, it gets a little I, I don't know, I guess you look at it sometimes. I think you get a little bit caught up on the sort of the things you always talk about, I mean, you know, turnovers, mistakes, um, you know, uh, things like that. Uh, can really have a huge impact when you're talking about a game that is going to be played basically your average college football game. Um, you know, if you took the service academies out, they're probably going to touch the ball 15 times a piece at, at least. In this game, you'll be lucky to touch the ball seven times, and you got to in those seven opportunities. If you get that many, you have to be able to not mess up not make mistakes i think often this game is really boiled down to who doesn't make mistakes and i think when you look at the two teams this season um i think you see a similar pattern between these two teams now i don't think you this is no shot at army but there's no way you can look at army's schedule and compare it to navy's this season mm-hmm. you know they have one more win uh but the schedules are completely two different schedules um, and that, that's sort of what, you know, Army, as an independent, that's what they can do. Uh, now, they carry some momentum into this game because, you know, they won their last couple of contests. But when you break down these games, these are so two similar teams. But I do think more than anything, uh, this Navy defense is playing at a higher level than any Navy defense, I think, has come into this game. Now, that doesn't mean success is going to be there, but I, I feel like when you look at the matchups between these two teams, it was interesting. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, going over the numbers, just looking at the stats and, and the different metrics that you can use and the different things we talk about. But the one thing that I think stands out more than anything to me, um, when you talk about you know, the two defensive teams is Navy's ability to create havoc, their tackles for loss, the sacks. And when you factor in the competition that they've played, I really think that's their biggest edge coming into this game. Now, with all that said, they basically have to change their entire philosophy defensively headed into this game because they mainly play spread teams. They mainly play teams, as you know, in the AAC that, that want to spread you out and throw the football a ton. And now they have to adjust what they do, but they prepare for it. And I think to me, it becomes more of a talent 
uh, situation more than anything. It's not necessarily, um, you know, being in the right place at the right time. I mean, that's a part of it, but uh, I think talent can win out. And uh, look at this Navy defense. It's just hard for me when I, when I size things up against this, in this matchup against Army, it's just hard for me to see, um, the Black Knights consistently moving the football. And probably going back to what I said earlier, I mean, it's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, but I just feel like this Navy defense is in a really good spot right now and playing really well. And against the level of competition that they've played against uh, and going into this game, they have to have a, a tremendous amount of confidence. Yeah, you know, and I kind of harken back to the UCF game because that was uh, very interesting as the, you know, uh, when Mikey King came in in the second half, he's the uh, the passing quarterback for the Knights and he marched him right down the field on the first drive. But Navy adjusted immediately, and I, from my vantage point at at the game, you know they just turned up turned it up on pressure in the quarterback. They just went all, all in on that. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that was as well. Uh, you know, you take the one drive out of it. You know, obviously, as you mentioned, Keen got the the start in the second half, and I think honestly they were taken a little bit uh, a bit surprised by that. They weren't expecting that, um, and I, you know, I said. When you know happened into the broadcast booth, I, you know I said, "Look, I, I think this is an advantage Navy in this situation." And Keen comes out; he's, he makes me look stupid, at least on the initial drive because he goes down the field. But I think they were really preparing um, for Plumley, and they didn't want to put a lot of blitzes in the in the package against Plumley because they were scared of what he could do with his legs. So they were playing a ton of coverage; they were dropping a lot of guys. Um, and I think when they saw Keen in there, that sort of gave them a green light to say, let's be super aggressive here um, and, and go after the quarterback. It was very much the, the same situation that happened in the second half of the Notre Dame game, um, is that they just uh, they decided to pin their ears back and have uh, put try to put up a tremendous amount of pressure. And you saw that in the UCF game. I think not having Plumlee back there because this – you know, it's one of those things is when you see this you, a team over the entire season, you know, they were hurt big time by Mordecai's uh, uh, running in the SMU game. You know, the, the quarterbacks that they struggled with this season were kind of guys that you wouldn't necessarily think would have big games. But, you know, Tanner Mordecai um, for SMU, who's not known as a huge runner, he ran for 74 yards and a score against the mids. They also, in the game that uh, they played earlier in the season against Clayton Toon. Now, he probably has a little bit more running experience. He had a couple big runs inside the red zone against them that were key. So I, I think that's been the one thing that matchup-wise that they were scared of in the UCF game. And as soon as Keen came in, now they made an adjustment because Keen went right down the field. But after that drive, that's his – look, the, the second half against Notre Dame, the second half against UCF, you know, I've been doing Navy football now for a uh, closing in on a decade on the, the broadcast side. Um, that those were the two best halves I've ever seen them play <laughs> defensively. I mean, Notre Dame couldn't do anything against them in the second half, and really after that initial drive, UCF really struggled to do anything. And that those are two, you know, two quality offenses. And if you want to look at recruiting rankings, I mean, it's, it's not even you know Navy shouldn't be doing anything close to that. And um, that to me is is what has carried this team to some extent. Now, the other part of that, Jeff, is the offense has, got, has gotten better, and Xavier Arline has come in at quarterback. 
and that has helped them. They have been um, a little bit more explosive with him at quarterback, and I think that's part and parcel of what you look at this game. I think the defense is playing at a high level, and the offense has clicked to some degree. It's not perfect. It's not exactly where they want to be because I think when you look overall, there's still a need for them to be you know, a, a little bit more explosive on the offensive side of the football field. But um, you know, I, I think they're in a really good spot coming in this game, and um, especially on the defensive side of the football field, about what has happened over the last month or so. And of course, with uh, Army and Navy, besides you getting a, a, a well-fought football game, you get a lot of ni- nice little ancillary stories as well. So uh, Navy, the uniforms this year are a space theme. And I tell you what, you know, I consider myself a connoisseur of space uniforms. UCF has done them for five years. And in fact, I think the, the, the moon helmet that UCF did, I think in their second or third try at this, is like the most beautiful helmet I've ever seen. Now this navy now this navy helmet might be one B in my book. <laughs> it's a tremendous yeah. uniform. Yeah, it, it's it's you know it's funny because the, earlier this season, I, not only I, do I do you know football games, I do uh, a lot of different sports at the Naval Academy. I do men's and women's soccer, uh, basketball, lacrosse. We do a lot of different things. And uh, Nicole Mann, who's a former Navy soccer player, women's soccer player, um, earlier this year went up into space, and it's just. It's really, um, it's really crazy to think about what these, you know, these kids do eventually with their careers. And I I love the helmets. Um, I I think it looks fantastic. Um, Obviously, um, when we were down in UCF, we obviously saw the, the, you know, all the space stuff down there that associated with UCF. And obviously, with Navy, they have a strong history as well. And obviously, uh, a, a lot of people were excited about the uniforms. Um, and uh, I think they turned out great. I, I, I really, it, it's it's funny because it's become sort of a um, it's become a tradition now because with the Army Navy game with these uniforms, and it's sort of a a conversation when we get to. I remember sitting down and you know we, uh, before they were going to do the unveiling a couple weeks before, talking about you know the painstaking. Um, the, Details that they have to go through with the helmets. I mean, it's a lot of work to put those helmets together. I mean, it's not. It's you, you think you just you know throw on throw on an emblem and you're done with it. It's not. It's nothing like that. And it's been an eye opening experience. But that's that's part of the tradition. One of the you know back in the day. I don't know when it started, but obviously since I was a little kid, you saw the patches that players would wear on the uh, you know they would get uh, different you know whether it be uh, you know uh, different. Um, uh, battleships, aircraft carriers, different uh, marine units that would send badges for players to wear, and the players would be able to pick out certain badges. And I remember that as a kid, and obviously that tradition continues to this day, and it's really cool to see that. And now you have this newest tradition where it's almost uh, uh, keeping up with the Jones, trying to outdo the other team when it comes to these uniforms. And maybe I'm partial, but I really love what the, the mids have done over the last couple of years. I love the Blue Angels. The only crazy thing about that, I mean, that was the game that was played in the snow, and Army had all white uniforms. And it, it honestly, it was one of the few times where it was like, is that a player? Is that just like snowballing? That it was, it was the one of the few times it was like actual camouflage out there. But I love those uniforms. 
I love what they did last year um, oh, uh, with the fly uniforms and, and these NASA uniforms. I think it's become a, a really cool tradition uh, that's now part of this game now. I mean, if you, I, I think almost if one of the teams said, hey, we're just going to wear our regular uniforms, um, it would uh, it would be a disappointment. So it's, it's kind of a cool side story. I don't know how many ideas they have <laughs> like lined up. Like this is a big process that they have to go that takes months and months of planning. Um, and, and really, they start it, you know, soon thereafter the end of this campaign. So it's a crazy amount of um, a work that they have to go through. And obviously, Under Armour, who's Navy's uniform sponsors, they put a lot of thought and energy. And there's a, uh, you know, Under Armour. Uh, most people know this, but it was founded in the state of Maryland. So there's a close connection there to the state. Um, and uh, I, I think it's worked out well. And it's really cool that it's become this uh, side sort of. Um, thing with this game, but it's really become part of the tradition that is Army Navy. Yeah, and we will say, you know, Army's uniforms uh, look pretty slick, too. They are honoring their first <laughs> armored division uh, from World War II. Uh, so that's a that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool look. And yeah, I think this is a is a, a great aspect. And yeah, I and at least you know Navy's got a lot of different options to choose from, like you know UCF because of their close ties with the Kennedy Space Center and all that stuff, you know, they're just kind of, you know, focused in on space. At least Navy has other avenues they can go down uh, to at least keep the ideas flowing. But yeah, you're right. This is literally the day after the game is when you got to start planning for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm sure there's a list somewhere of like all the things that they, you know, uh, that they've come up, you know, they've, they've done the aircraft carriers. They did fly, Maybe last season, obviously, as I mentioned, they did the Blue Angels as well. Uh, look, the, the 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 Naval Academy and the United States Navy really prides themselves. Like, I mean, I think most people that follow that understand that the Naval Academy also produces, um, you know, officers for the United States Marine Corps. So they they pride themselves on, you know, you can go to the Naval Academy and do anything you want to do. You can fly. Uh, you can, you know, be a your ground soldier is obviously in the Marine and take charge that way. So it's it's a it's a certainly a, a plenty of uh, options out there. But uh, it, it is a it's a crazy process and it's a and it, it's a lot of work to to go through all of that. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So and and then what is it I've heard that there's been a secret mission to drop ping pong balls on Army. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw that this morning. I was reading up on it this morning. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't see the details on everything, but obviously uh, somebody was able to infiltrate the airspace above uh, West Point, New York, and, and, and drop some uh, the some beat, uh, uh, go Navy beat Army uh, ping pong balls in the area. So, uh, yeah, they've kind of frowned on in years past. You would hear about the uh, capturing of the uh, – of they kind of frowned on that here in recent history, so I think they're they're looking to do, go in some different areas of exploration uh, to sort of uh, to uh, to get the the juices flowing before the game. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. And of course, the game is being played in Philadelphia, and you know the game is played has been played there the most. It has been in New York, in Landover, uh, in, in other in other venues. Um, you know what what is kind of wanted to get your thoughts on you know you've been to a few of the different venues which one is the best one uh tough question jeff uh <laughs> look I, I i look i would be remiss if i didn't throw out obviously you know when they, when we play in baltimore it's a little bit closer to me mm -hmm. uh but look i i um i love it in philadelphia i really do it's gonna be interesting next year it's gonna be in 
in in Foxborough, uh, which is uh, which, which has never hosted the Army Navy game. So they're going to move it around here. Um, uh, it'll be Philly, Foxborough, uh, Baltimore, DC, or is it DC Baltimore? I get the, confused over the next couple. I, I'm very much a week to week guy, Jeff. So <laughs> I, 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 uh, but I, I love it in Philadelphia. I'm a big um, I'm a big proponent of history when it comes to college football. I love the history of the game. I love the history of this country, and I love the history associated with college football because you're really talking about a series and an event that's taken place. You know, this will be the 123rd meeting. You don't really get that in American sports too much. So I love the history of this game, and I love the aspect of the historical significance of the city of Philadelphia for these two institutions. And, and going back to the history and the scene, obviously the, the tremendous games that were being played in Philadelphia. And look, I, I love the location of, uh, of the, the, you know, when I think of the games, I think of, you know, the amenities and everything. And it's, it's, it's perfect. It's spotless. It's, it, it is fantastic. And I love the fact that um, the, the, the tradition that has this game in Philadelphia, you can trace its roots to Philadelphia. And I think that that's what makes it special. But look, we were in New York last season. I thought they did a tremendous job. We were in Baltimore earlier this year for the Notre Dame game. Uh, we have a great relationship with Ravens Stadium. We, it's the, the best location for a broadcast you could ask for. And um, and I've done games up in, in Foxborough, um, and I'm looking forward to going back up there. Obviously, it'll be new to be up there, uh, so that'll be a little bit different. Obviously, the travel concerns are a little bit different there, but I think Philadelphia sort of fits you know, it's it's basically in between both places, so you get that. Uh, you don't get the advantage of being closer, like in New York for Army or in, in Baltimore for for Navy. So, um, yeah, I just love the tradition of it, and it's it's always a great event, and um, it, it's, um, it, it's 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 it seems like it fits best there, you know. Yeah, you know, interesting. I do know at one time Florida Citrus Sports had tried to land the Army Navy game yeah. uh, down here, which I think would have been tremendous. I, you know, the, you know, there used to be a Navy base here in 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 the Metro Orlando area and stuff like that. And obviously, uh, you know, military is uh, you know pretty spread out throughout the state I, I of Florida. Think, I think Orlando was part of the last. The, the Charlotte was in the mix. Um, there was a couple other. Places that were in the, the non-traditional list. I think the biggest factor there is is getting all the midshipmen and getting the Corps of Cadets to that place and that location. Um, I'll be interested to see how they do it for Boston because I, obviously they, I, I would imagine, well, you know, I, I don't know for sure whether they'll have to fly everybody up. I mean, it's a uh, from here, it's probably about uh, eight to ten hour <laughs> car ride to Boston, which might be a, a, a much uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, with those, I, I mean, in the '80s, they had it in the Rose Bowl, uh, which is obviously a unique situation. So um, uh, I, I know some non-traditional areas have bid for it, and um, I think the excitement level that had, that hit that this game has brought to, like, I, I really think Philadelphia was disappointed that you know they're sharing it a little bit more than what they have in the past. Um, so, I mean, I think that's good for both these programs and both these institutions. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see what the college football playoff changing over the next couple of years. If, if it's, you know, if it changes sort of um, the date, if it's a standalone game going forward, I don't know that as of uh, as of right this second.
second. Obviously, that stuff still has to be worked out. We're a few years away from the expanded playoffs, so that that could change things as far as the date is concerned. But look, I, I love the fact that it's 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 the one college football game that you get to watch. Um, look, I'm partial. I understand that, um, but uh, I think it's, I think it's cool for these institutions to have that that's a that limelight yeah i hope they can maintain that for sure and then you know it might be kind of cool you know maybe they do a you know they do a scenario where you know philadelphia you know maybe every you know every third or fourth year they take it out of philadelphia and and let someone else experience it but still keep that roots type type of thing in the city of philly maybe that maybe that would be a cool answer who knows yeah definitely i mean it it's 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 you know we the in 2020, obviously the pandemic forced the game to West Point. Um, that was a different experience for all of us because we've never been there for a football game. Uh, then, of course, last year was um, in, in uh, New Jersey and East Rutherford. So it's the first time it's been back in Philly since 2019. Um, and obviously, um, you know, it, it had a, you know, it's been in Baltimore, I think 2016, 2014 was in Baltimore. Um, so, uh, look, it, it's got a special connection to the, uh, the city of Philadelphia uh, and they treat us really well, so I- I'm wherever we go, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think and I think Roger Staubach is always there, no matter where the game is, too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's crazy. The uh, the '63 game um, is one of the the, uh, the the hallmark games in the series, and obviously um, they won it that year, 21 to 15. Um, the, those years where those two teams were playing, uh, not only for obviously Heisman trophies and Army Navy game, but you know playing for Cotton Bowls, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So uh, I was mentioning to you before we started the recording the segment that you know I'm coming up for UCF's bowl game against Duke in Annapolis, and uh, and I was thankful that we're not having to play Navy because uh, the midshipmen have had the Knights <laughs> number the last couple of years, uh, and and they also got me thinking too when when when. When I've been to both Navy games here in Orlando, and what really is interesting because you know you get a good turnout of Navy fans because there so many people you know have been in the military either before college or after college. So you know you, you have UCF guys who are Navy guys too. You know it's it's really yeah. kind of an interesting aspect uh, in a football game. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the crazy things about traveling with this team is it's not only that it's there, there's a lot of support that you get and most of it's friendly. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't you, every now and then you'll get the the occasional, um, uh, you know, heckle now and then. But, you know, it's crazy. It, it, you know, um, I don't know what it's like going with other teams, but, you know, traveling on the bus, getting off the bus. I mean, it's always pretty friendly. And we always have a good traveling crowd because not only, you know, obviously people follow this as a national school, but, you know, the Naval Academy and the football team draws a lot of players from a lot of different areas. Um, so you have a, a wide variety of people being able to travel to, game, to road games, family, you know, if they're from the Florida area, or the Georgia area, something like that can get to the game. And, um, you know, that's the that's a cool part of this, um, you know, on the road with this team is, you know, we go to a lot of places where, quite frankly, our crowd is almost as good as, as some of the other places that, you know, as far as the home crowds go. So um, I think that's a cool aspect. And obviously they, you know, with the, the AAC changing, um, one of the things that they talked about was when the, the with the realignment was, you know, Florida and Texas was still very vital to this school. 
as far as recruiting and getting a chance to play in those areas still because of the ability to draw fans to those areas and obviously still have an input and impact in the area with some of the teams that are leaving the AAC. And I think that was important. Obviously, I don't think it drove realignment. You know, they weren't asking Navy who, where, when and where you would like to, you know, draw the schools from but i think it was important that some of those markets are still being going to be covered going forward in the new aac yeah it is, it is pretty interesting uh from that aspect and you know, of course i i remember following navy pretty closely um you know when uh, craig candido was the quarterback uh, he was a deland high school uh, graduate which you know, where it was where i went to high school so uh-huh. you always find these little ties, you know. Craig <laughs> Candido scored six touchdowns in an Army Navy game. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> made made a, made a made a lot of us proud down here. That's that's for sure. So uh, yeah, I th- I think you you do hit an interesting aspect that you know it, it is a it, the it is a little bittersweet to leave the AAC from my from my vantage point. I hope we never forget where we came from. Uh, getting yeah. to, go, to go to the Power Five because you know the, the being in the American helped our program develop, and it was a it was a it was a good relationship for both the conference and UCF, and I think the and I think the other schools in the conference have benefited from that as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've talked about this in the past, and I, I think that um, like I was talking to you before, you know, I, I think losing UCF and Cincinnati and Houston to you know, especially UCF and Cincinnati, to me, those were two of the places that we went that obviously had the best environments for college football. And it's not taken away from some of the other schools. It was just, you know, in the time and place that we were, you know, going there. I mean, the, the first year we were in the AAC that the, we played Thanksgiving weekend on a Friday at Houston for the conference title. I mean, that place was crazy. Um, that was like that. I mean, uh, I... Uh, that was earlier in my tenure, but I mean, Houston stormed the field after they beat us. And to put that in context, in our first year in the AAC, it was hard for me to understand that any team would be storming the field after they beat us for a conference championship. It just wasn't part of the thought process. And and you know, to see those teams look, I hope the best. You know, Navy is not in a situation where you know we're looking at you know the fact that oh you know it wasn't our opportunity or we're we're getting the we're getting the shaft here. They don't look at like that from that perspective. I think they've really enjoyed the partnership with those teams in the AAC. And I think for, 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 for UCF and for Cincinnati, for Houston, obviously to go and play in those places with big environments, I think has been cool and a great part of the AAC experience. And I think, you know, losing, losing that is going to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, we'll recover. It'll be fine. But I, I think that's that's the sad part of seeing those teams leave is that some of the big games that we had and some of the big game environments um, uh, that uh, we played. I mean, the Navy UCF games, you know, even uh, the first time they played in Annapolis, um, you know, Mackenzie Milton got banged up in that game, came back in, led them and got the victory. And obviously last year we beat them in Annapolis and going back to Orlando this year to pick up the upset victory. You know, Cincinnati the first year was under Luke Fickle. You know, we we ran for like 580 yards against them uh, and had our way. And then obviously they've been fantastic the last couple of years. And we've had some big games with Houston. We beat the Cougars when they were number five in the country with De'Ara King. 
uh, and company and, uh, and beat them 46 40 in a crazy game when Tom Herman had them in the top 10. And obviously, as I mentioned, that first season, we played them for the AAC West Division title. So there's some great memories there. Um, and uh, look, um, there's still some really good teams left over. I, I think Tulane's winning the conference is, is a great story. It is. And, um, you know, looking forward to some of the new teams. I'm looking forward to seeing UTSA. I think they're going to be a fantastic team. And honestly, all the best to UCF and Cincinnati and Houston. It's um, I, I think, you know, going forward, you know, I think it's going to be a good conference. I still think even with the new teams, we'll see how they assimilate. It's going to be some, for some of those teams, it's going to be a rough start. But I still think uh, of the of the conferences outside the Power Five, I don't think you're going to get a better one um, than the AAC. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. So, all right, let's uh, get uh, one final thought about uh, the game on Saturday. America's game, Army and Navy. Uh, what you got for me there? I, I, you know, I, I love us. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I, I think defensively, I think we're. I, I think we're going to be hard to go against. I mean, I really think uh, it's going to be another lower scoring type of ball game. Uh, but I think Navy's ability, um, you know, to, to hit a couple big plays here and there, uh, are, is going to be crucial. And uh, look, I, I think Navy's defense has been fantastic all season long. I think they'll be fantastic again. I'll take the mids. Ah, uh, let's go. Let's go 21-7. <laughs> 21-7. There you you heard it here first and of course Joe, I always have to ask you. I need to I need to have it. It's a it's the the old uh, go navy beat army. <laughs> go navy beat army. <laughs> All right, Joe, as always my man, thank you so much for the time. I certainly appreciate it. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks so much. Good luck going forward with everything. And now let's close things out with a TV theme. All right, we have done this TV theme before, but I couldn't help it, uh, you know, talk about the Army-Navy game to uh, break out the theme from JAG, which, of course, is an acronym for the Judge Advocate General. Uh, It's a series that aired first on NBC for one season from September 1995 to May 1996, and then was picked up by CBS for an additional nine years running from 1997 to 2005. And, of course, uh, NCIS, which is still running strong after over 20 years, was born as a spinoff off of this show. So you can kind of call this the anchor program of the NCIS spinoffs, if you will. 227 episodes over 10 seasons. Of course, it uh, centered around uh, Harmon Rabb. He was a one-time pilot who uh, had vision troubles, so he was grounded for that, so he decided to become a lawyer. And uh, he, of course, is uh, uh, the the action hero, uh, does all that great stuff. Other uh, main characters, 
uh, on the show. Uh, Tracy Needham as Meg Austin was a lieutenant in his sidekick in season one. Catherine Bell, though, from seasons two through ten as Sarah Mac McKenzie, uh, Major Lieutenant Colonel uh, from the Marine Corps. Uh, Patrick Laborto as Bud Roberts. He was kind of, you know, the, the, the bumbling character at the start, but he kind of grows into the role and support of uh, Harmon Rabb and uh, Sarah McKenzie. John M. Jackson was, of course, uh, Admiral A.J. Chegwidden, and uh, he was uh, uh, on seasons, uh, was actually recurring in season one and then a regular from seasons two through nine. Uh, so those are some of the main characters of that show. So there you go. Jag, our TV theme for this week. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.